بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم نحمد کریم اما بعد الحمد للہ ٹوڈے از دا ففٹینتھ آف اکٹوبر ان دا ایئر وی موو آن ٹو دا ٹینتھ سیشن دیٹ وی گوئنگ تھرو دا کامنٹری آف دا بلیسڈ سورا المنون اینڈ آئی ریچ ویس تھرٹی نائن سو ان شاء اللہ ٹوڈے گوئنگ تھرو اپ ٹو این انکلوڈنگ ویس فورٹی سو ویس تھرٹی نائن ہی علیہ او مائی لوڈ ہیلپ می فار دے اکیوز می اے فالس ہوڈ So what's interesting about this is that this is Salih alayhi salatu wasalam making this statement. But word for word, he says exactly the same as Nuh. If you go back to verse 26, Nuh alayhi salatu wasalam said exactly the same words. قَالَ رَبِّنْ سُرْنِي بِمَا قَذَّبُونَ He alayhi salatu wasalam said, Oh my Lord, help me, for they accuse me of falsehood. So what's interesting, history is replaying itself. So note that the du'as of the prophets were almost, if not identical, even though many centuries had passed. Verse 40. He, subhanahu wa ta'ala, said, In but a little while, they are sure to be sorry. So Allah, the Almighty and Lordius, says, Their time is now near, i.e. for destruction. So if you turn to Surah 27 verse 49, Surah 27 verse 49. So I mentioned in the previous session that there was nine who were the mischief mongers. Mentioned in Surah 27 verse 48. So Abdullah ibn Abbas, he said, radiyallahumma, in Ibn Jarir and Ibn Kathir's tafsir, these nine were the people who killed the Sheikhah. These nine were the people who killed the Sheikham. So in Surah 27 verse 49, they said, Swear a mutual oath by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that we shall make a secret night attack on him and his people and that we shall then say to his heir, we were not present at the slaughter of his people and we are positively telling the truth. So this was their plan. Make a night attack and when they want to take uh, blood money or vengeance, say we can blame nobody but others. So now, four things are mentioned here. It was to be secret. So it was a secret night attack. The first, you know, evil. The second, it was by night. So not under the cover of night. The third, They were going to take their victims unaware, i.e. totally un, uh, unprepared. And fourthly, they had a careful provision that they should all tell lies together so they don't contradict each other. And look how amazing. Such were exactly the plots laid against Rasulullah himself. So look how amazing that Allah goes into the, into the history, history repeating itself. And this is exactly what happened to the Prophet ﷺ. It was a secret night attack. They were going to um, take him unaware. 
and they were all going to get together. So nobody could be blamed as such. So how beautiful that Allah Ta'ala is mentioning Salih salam's time and he's comforting the Prophet. Meaning this is an old game because they're doing the same thing again. Surah 27 verse 50 They plotted and planned but we planned even while they perceived it not. So Allah is saying they secretly planned and I secretly planned but they did not understand. Now why is this fascinating? When Allah plans, He often uses the unbelievers. <laughs> so think about that. He wanted to destroy them. So who does He use? He uses the unbelievers. So their plan was actually part of His plan. <laughs> So all of the, what they were doing was Allah's plan. So why is that important to highlight in any time and age? When the unbelievers are causing mischief, we get comfort by that. How? Because this is part of Allah's plan. He uses that to destroy them. So there's a report. In Ibn Abi Hatim, Ibn Jarir, Ibn Katir's tafsir, Abdul Rahman Ibn Zaid, Rahmatullah, he said, when they kill the she camel, I'll mention this in a bit. When they kill the she camel, Salih said to them, and he recited Surah 11, verse 65. Surah 11, verse 65. And Salih he said, Enjoy yourselves in your home for three days, then will be you ruined. Behold the promise not to be belied. So Salih said, You destroyed yourselves. You got three days. They then said, Salih claims that he will finish us in three days. But we will finish him and his family before the three days are over. Meaning, he thinks he's going to finish us. We're going to do him and his family over. Before three days. Salih had a place of worship in a rocky tract in a valley where he used to pray. So stop in the report. They had to pray in designated places. Their Salat was not valid. So his was in a rocky tract. Thus they set out to a cave there one night. So they thought, right, we know he's going to pray. We'll go during the night. We'll wait for him in ambush and we'll attack. And they said, when he comes to pray, we will kill him. Then we will return. When we have finished him off, we will go to his family and finish them off. So that was their plan. Do a stake out, wait till he starts praying, showing how cowardly they were. They weren't even going to attack him when he was, you know, free. When they finished, Audhu Billah, Salih off, will go to his family. So they were in a cave. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent down a rock upon them from the mountains. They feared that it would crush them. So they went deeper into the cave and the rock covered the mouth of the cave whilst they were inside. <laughs> so for want of a better word, there was a, you know, an avalanche. So they were now stuck in the cave. Their people did not know where they were or what happened to them. So the people, obviously, these were the nine. Because where are our chiefs? Nobody knew. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala punished some of them there and some of them here. And he subhanahu wa ta'ala saved Salih alayhi salatu wasalam, and the people who were with him. 
Then he recited these three verses, Surah 27, verse 50 to 2, the translation. They plotted and planned, but we too planned, even though they perceived not. Then see what was the end of their plot, that we destroyed them and their people all. Now such are their houses in ruins, because they were oppressors. Verily in this is a sign for people of knowledge. So this is a report giving you a few details with regards to they were treated. Now why were they killed in that manner in the cave? Because the punishment was an earthquake. They were going to be destroyed by the earth. So Allah destroyed them by the earth. And he destroyed them with a general earthquake. So now further details. In Surah Shams, Surah 91, verse 11 to the end. So, Surah 91, verse 11 to the end. More details are mentioned there. So, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He mentions, Kadhabat Thamudu bitagwaha. The Thamud rejected through their Taghwaha. So, what does that mean? Taghwaha. So, they rejected due to Taghwaha. So, Ibn Jarir, rahmatullah, in his tafsir, he states, Tughyan, the first meaning. Their punishment, they denied their punishment which Salih promised. So that's the first meaning. So when Allah Ta'ala says, rejected through Taghwaha. They rejected what he said because in three days you're going to be destroyed. They rejected that. And there's then he quotes Ibn Jarir quotes Surah 69, verse 5, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, As for Thamud, they were destroyed by the thunderbolt. The, then, Ibn, then he quotes Ibn Jadir. Abdullah Ibn Abbas said concerning the verse, Surah 91, verse 11, The name of the punishment that befell them was Taghwa. So Thamud denied their punishment. So this is the first meaning. They denied, which led to their punishment. They denied the punishment. Ibn Jadir in his tafsir then said a second meaning. Thamud denied their disobedience of God. So when Allah says, Kadhabat Thamud Thamud denied, rejected, Thawaha, it means they didn't believe they were disobeying God. Think about the pride of that statement. Because <laughs> who are we? Because we've done nothing wrong. Mujahid Rahmatullah, he said in Ibn Jarir, Thamud denied Bitaghwaha, meaning their disobedience of God. Third meaning. In Ibn Jarir, Ibn Zayd Rahmatullah said, Taghwaha means their rebellious pride and their disobedience. So Allah says they were destroyed because of their pride. So let's put all of these meanings together. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Kadhabat Thamudu bi Taghwaha. Thamud rejected through Taghwaha. They thus denied their punishment. Their disobedience, they denied their disobedience and they denied their pride. So all of that is what caused their destruction. They denied the punishment was coming. They denied that they were disobeying and they denied due to their pride. Verse 12. Behold, the most wicked amongst them was deputed. So think there was nine. So Allah says, The most wicked of them was deputed. So it mentions 
So there's a hadith. The hadith is in Sayyih Bukhari, Sayyih Muslim, Nasai Tirmadi Ahmad ibn Jarir, ibn Kathir. Abdullah ibn Zam'ah radiyallahu relates that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa he delivered a sermon. He mentioned the she camel and the one who killed it. Rasulullah recited this verse. He then explained. A tough man who was, whose equal was rare to find who enjoyed the protection of his people, like Abi Zam'ah, went forth to hamstring it. So the Prophet mentioned who this man was, he described him, because he was a kind of a very strong man, people just listened to him, they, had, you know, they, were, they were awed by him, and he enjoyed the backing of his people. So these are the most destructive people, you notice, those who are strong, and they've got backing. Allah Ta'ala says, he went forward to, the, to kill the Sheikham. Did he mention his name? No. And also in Imam Ahmad's Musnad, the Prophet ﷺ, he said, Shall I inform you about the two most wicked and wretched people? They said, Yes, Ya Rasulullah ﷺ. He then said, One of them was the red man of the tribe of Thamud, who hamstrung the she-camel. And the other, O Ali, will be the one who smites your forehead, drenching your beard with blood. So here the Prophet mentioned these are the two worst people. One is the one who killed the Sheikham. And the second was the Khadijite who struck Ali on the forehead, causing his beard to go red. And this was a prophecy and it came true. So note, you know, how highly, you know, degenerate they were. That they struck the signs of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And also, in Imam Ahmad's Musnad Ibn Katid's Tafsir, volume 5, page 566, stated Sahih, Tafsir number 2497. Ibn Abbas said, He وسلم, saw a man in hell who was very red and dark blue and said, O Jibreel, who is this? He said, This is the one who slaughtered the Sheikah. So he's in hell, he's being punished in the Barzakh, and his image now is he's very red and he's dark blue. What sort of image is that? So he's completely red, maybe from the heat of the fire, and he's dark blue. He goes, and the Prophet even inquired, who is this person? Meaning, what was, who is this? He goes, he's the one who killed the Sheikham. So not this is the punishment. And also, in Ibn Jarir's tafsir, a name is mentioned. So, Ibn Jarir said, his name is Qudar Ibn Salih. And who said this? <coughs> he mentions an authority, who is not the Prophet. So the one who actually killed the she camel was Qadar ibn Salih. So now, if he killed the she camel, why were they all destroyed? So this is because, and this is in the work Fatawa Islamiyah Islamic Verdicts, Volume 8, from the Hijaz, page 158 to 9. And the Shuyukh, they quote two verses, Surah 4, verse 140. Surah 4 verse 140. And Allah mentions there that if you see people rejecting the verses, mocking the verses, don't sit with them. If you do, then you are like them. So if you sit in the presence of people mocking the verses, you are like them, Allah says. That's the first verse. Then he, they quote the second verse here. And what does Allah say? فَكَذَّبُوهُ فَأَقَرُوهَا فَدَمْدَمَ عَلِيهِمْ رَبُّهُمْ بِذَنْبِهِمْ فَصَوَّاهَا they denied him and they killed. 
So their Lord destroyed them because of their sin and made them equal in destruction. So these are the two verses the Shuyukh quote. Then they quote a report. In Ahmad in his Zuhd, a man asked Hassan al-Basri, O Abu Sa'id, please inform me about a person who did not participate in the fitna of Ibn al-Muhlib, but he was pleased with it in his heart. So it doesn't matter who these people are. A man asked Hassan al-Basri, a fitna has occurred, and the leader of the fitna was Ibn al-Muhlib. But a person didn't get involved in the fitna, but he was pleased with the fitna in his heart. He goes, is he excused? Hassan al-Basri said, Oh nephew of mine, how many hands slaughtered the Kaaba? I replied, one. He then said, were not all of the people destroyed? He said, yes. He goes, why? I don't know. Hassan al-Basri said, because they felt pleasure and sanctioned his act. They felt pleasure and sanctioned is a meaning. If you feel pleasure and sanction and even though your, your hand hand is not got any blood on it, you will also be taken to task. And he goes, This is another lesson from Salih, the incident of Salih The Shuyukh then said, the previous two verses indicate a person who is pleased with an evil act is like a person who perpetrated it. So this is very important. Why? Because in today's day of the social media, the whole world is coming to you, right? And if you see something which troubles your heart, you think, I don't know, I don't know, it looks good, but maybe, say I deny it. Ayala, whatever the truth is, I'm with that. If you are pleased with what the information you're receiving, and it's an oppression, an oppression, you're, you've taken part in it, according to what the Quran is mentioned. So again, this is also worth mentioning with regards to these verses. So the verses continue, Surah 91 verse 13. Rasulullah said to them, It is the she-kamal of Allah. Do not stop her from drinking. So what's interesting? Allah Ta'ala called Salih Rasulullah. فَقَالَ لَهُمْ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ نَاقَطُ اللَّهِ وَسُقْيَاهَا how was he Rasulullah? Rasulullah receives revelation. He sent to the unbelievers, but he's Rasulullah. So maybe he was given scripted as well. Verse 14. They rejected him. And they hamstrung her. So their Lord, on account of their crime, obliterated them, obliterated their traces, made them equal. Going back to Hassan al-Basri said. The last verse. And for him is no fear of the consequences. And for him is no fear of its consequences. So who is now being referred to? Who's him? So in Ibn Jarir Ibn Kathir's tafsir, Ibn Qatada they said, it has reached us that the leader of the tribe of Thamud did not kill the she camel until their youth, their elderly, their males, their females all pledged allegiance to him. Hence, when the people cooperated killing in her, Allah Ta'ala destroyed them all with the same punishment due to their sin. So like I mentioned, they all were pleased. In Ibn Jarir Ibn Katiz Tafsir, Ibn Abbas recited verse 15, He said, Allah Ta'ala does not fear any consequences from anybody else. So one meaning here is, He does not fear the consequences. 
he is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In Ibn Jarir, Ad-Dahaq, he said, the person who hamstrung the she-camel did not fear the consequences. So now there's another meaning. He is now the shaitan who killed the she-camel. So Ibn Abbas said, he is Allah, did not fear the consequences, subhanahu wa ta'ala. Dahaq said, it's the man who killed the she-camel. He didn't fear the consequences. And there's a third meaning. The alternate view is that Salih did not fear the consequences. <laughs> he goes, I gave you the message. So a person starts scratching his head. He goes, well, who is it? <laughs> he did not fear the consequences. All of them are correct. All of them. He is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Did he fear the consequences when he destroyed them? No. No, he's not answerable to anybody. That's correct. Salih did not fear the consequences, alayhi salatu wasalam. Of course he didn't. I gave you the message, the Quran says. You didn't listen. Why should I grieve over the wrongdoers? <laughs> the man who killed the she-camel didn't fear the consequences. Why? Because he knew by killing, he's, he's provoking Allah Ta'ala's wrath. So this is the eloquence of the Quran. Allah Ta'ala is using a single word and he's encompassing everything. So now going back to another passage in Surah 27 verse 53. So in Surah 27 verse 53, what does it mention? So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He mentions something very interesting. وَأَنْجَيْنَ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَقَانُوا يَتَّقُونَ We saved those who believed and who had taqwa. So Allah ta'ala explicitly mentions they were destroyed by a huge earthquake. But we protected the believers and those with taqwa. So who, who are these people? So it mentions here. This is by Sheikh Muhammad Abdul Rahman Mazhari in his Sirajul Hidayah, Lanterns of Guidance, Volume 1, page 146. He gives a few details. And he said it's from Ibn Kathir and other authentic books of Tafsir. A beautiful woman named Saduk approached a wretch from her tribe called Musadda. So putting it simply, they had tribes. A woman who was known for her beauty approached a shaitan from her own tribe called Musadda. Another beautiful and wealthy woman called Oneza approached a wretch from her tribe Qadar. Both the women told their men that they could have them in marriage if they killed the camel. The two wretches therefore prepared for the despicable task and decided to carry it out at night. There were others who also promised to assist. They ambushed the camel one night and they killed it. Seeing the frightening scene, the baby calf ran screaming towards the mountain. So what happened? They killed the mother, the she-camel. But it, as it came into existence, it gave birth. The baby calf, seeing its mother slaughtered, it started running and screaming towards the mountains and it miraculously disappeared. When Salih heard of this, والسلام, he said, O oh, wretches, you were unable to bear it any longer. You did exactly what I feared you would. The punishment which cannot be averted will arrive in three days. 
and we will put an end to you all. <laughs> then the Shaykh quotes in Tafsir Ruh al-Ma'ani that the signs of punishment arrive the next day, so there are three days. The very first day, their faces turned white out of fear. So what happened? The people who were going to be punished, Allah Ta'ala made their faces so pale, they looked white on the first day. The second day, their faces turned red as their trepidation mounted. Eventually, on the third day, their faces became black and darkened like a person awaiting death. So Allah Ta'ala gave them three days. Why? To prolong their agony. Because you're doomed. And notice, changes were taking place. Who were the ones who were saved? Ruh al-Ma'ani, Alama Alusi rahmatullahi, he confidently claims that Salih wasalam, settled in Makkah and passed away there. His grave is located west of the Kaaba within the Haram. So what's interesting, the previous messenger Allah Ta'ala mentions in Surah uh, Mu'minun is Nuh. He's buried around the Kaaba. Salih is also buried around the Kaaba. Imam Alama Alusi he also states 120 people believed in Salih. They were saved. Whilst 1,500 families were destroyed. So some figures are given. Only 120 believed it. And 1,500 families. So Allah mentions this here. Because we save those who believed and practiced righteousness. So going to the verses that we're going through. Verse 41. Then the blast Sayha overtook them with justice. And we made them as rubbish, floating, so away with the people who oppress. So Allah Ta'ala mentions what was their punishment. It was a sayha, a blast. Now every earthquake has a blast. You hear it. So when the punishment comes in terms of an earthquake for the unbelievers, you notice there's a huge bang first. And that's basically saying, game over. So the blast came. And what does Allah Ta'ala say? He, فَجَعَلْنَاهُمْ غُثَاءَ غُثَاءَ means rubbish of dead leaves. So when you see autumn and the leaves fall and they become, you know, like, like dry and you walk and they just break because they became like this. Or it means the scum floating on a torrent. So when you see the, like, the foam on the sea, غُثَاءَ Allah Ta'ala says they became like that. Away with the people who oppress. Now what's tragic about that word? The Prophet said that we will become like that. The Prophet said the time is coming when you'll be more numerous or you'll be like the stars in the sky. So the companions celebrate. And the Prophet said, but you'll be, be very weak. So the companions were very... You know, they're confused because Ya Rasulullah, why are we weak when we've got so much in number? Because you have two illnesses then that you don't have now. Notice he didn't mention nothing about military might, which people get obsessed with, right? Because you have two illnesses then which you don't which you all don't have. Look at the praise of the Sahaba. That's actually a praise. The Sahaba did not have these two illnesses. Love of the world and fear of death. That is what cripples you. 
So the hadith is it? Imam Ahmad's Musnad with variations with a sahih hadith. So if you have love of the world and fear of death, the Prophet said you will become like Ghufa, the form on the sea, worthless, <laughs> even though you've got huge numbers. So that's a hard-hitting reality. Why? Because we have reached that stage. We boast about our numbers. One-fifth of the world is Muslim. What are you boasting about? Look what's happening now in Palestine. You know, where are they? Hubbud dunya wa karahit al Love of the world and fear of death. And the Sahaba didn't have that. Think about that. So this shows the critical nature of the internal as well. Of course, we prepare militarily as well. In Surah Anfal, Allah Ta'ala says, prepare your sleep, prepare your armory, but you prepare yourself internally as well. And that's where the help comes. So Lord, here Allah Ta'ala describes the unbelievers who were wasted famood with that quality. Because they were like that. Ghotha. Astaghfirullah. So I'll decide the verse. And we will come. أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم قال رب انصرني بما كذبون قال عما قليل ليصبحن نادمين فأخذتهم الصيحة بالحق فجعلناهم غصاء we pray to Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He makes the Quran the Rabbi of our hearts. And I pray to Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He forgives me for any else which I may have inadvertently uttered. Amen. Subhanallah,